Hey guys, it's David. Welcome to Sadness Town. This is the ninth episode of the Sadness Town podcast, recorded Saturday, December 6th at the Bathtub Republic in Washington, D.C. My guest on this episode is Lindsay Deming, who's a great local musician and also one of the co-hosts of Church Night, an awesome local show that is uh, moving to the Black Cat main stage this month. Uh, if you want to go to that, they're doing the Church Night Holiday Spectacular, and that's going to be on December 19th on the Black Cat main stage. And if you're in the D.C. area, I highly recommend checking it out, because that is an awesome show. It's unbelievably fun. It's got a little bit of everything. Um, I am going to be doing another Sadness Town. Uh, I recorded this one a week late because I was out of town, but I'm going to be back there for the fourth Saturday, of, for the last Saturday of this month. That's December 27th at the Bathtub Republic. And it's with my good friend Jason Nunez, who's a very funny local comic who also happens to live in the basement we record the podcast in. So that's going to be a lot of fun, and I hope you guys can make it out. Um, and I think that's it. I, I think you guys are really going to like this episode. I think this might be my favorite one that I've recorded so far. Uh, Lindsay is an absolute treat, and uh, we had a really good time making this one. Uh, so let's get right into it. Here's me and Lindsay Deming. Yeah, we're getting right into it tonight. Welcome to Sadness Town. How you guys feeling? Uh, the sadness head's coming out in this grim, blustery weather this December evening to join us in the uncomfortably red confines of the Bathtub Republic here at Columbia Heights, Washington, D.C. It's been too long, uh, by which I mean it's a week later than I usually record this here. Uh... So yeah, this song that I'm opening with, well, you know what, first we gotta read the charter. How unprofessional am I? Item number one, this is a safe space. We're here to celebrate the fact that although being alive is a cruel and difficult thing, we're all much better at it than we used to be. <laughs> Item number two, you were not cool in high school. You were a tragic, awkward car wreck of a human being, and so was everybody else. Pretensions to the contrary will not be tolerated. Item number three, at the end of the show, everybody hugs. No exceptions. So this first track is Bounce by System of a Down. This is off their 2001 album, Toxicity. Uh, this peaked at number one on the Billboard 200, uh, and it got five stars from AllMusic.com, who described the lead single, Chop Suey, as a track so potent that not even September 11th could tear it from the airways. <laughs> Because we all remember that, right? When 9-11 happened, and we're like, I don't know if System of a Down will ever resonate with me again. Uh, I'm starting this over because it's a short song, and it's quick and to the point. This is the first song I was reasonably certain was about sex. And I heard this, and I, I, was, I was like 13 years old, so 7th, 8th grade. Um... You know, it's pretty subtle, so I'm proud of myself for picking up on it. I went out on a date with a girl a bit late. She had so many friends. I brought my pogo stick just to show her a trick. She had so many friends. See, that was where I was like, I think there's something going on here. 
And I remember having like a pitched argument with my friend Anthony. He's like, "What? So you think it's about blowjobs?" I was like, I don't know. "Even I know that that's an adorable response to what I just told you." I'm 13 years old, uh, but yeah. So I that that was uh, that was big for me. Uh, here to discuss uh, songs about sex and other things with me. Please welcome Lindsay Deming. Uh, Lindsay is one of my favorite people. She's one of the co-hosts of Church Night, uh, which has just moved to the Black Cat, and you'll be doing a show, what's the date on that? Uh, December 19th, Main Stage, Black Cat. Alright, uh, yeah, you guys should all go to that, because it's the fucking best. It's such a cool thing. It's our holiday spectacular, so we're pulling out all the stops for this one. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Please do it. Worship, worship. Yeah, you, uh, <laughs> Laura sent me a preview earlier, and I, I oh, think yeah, it's going to yeah, be yeah, pretty yeah. special. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, what, what was the first song that you heard, and you were like, I think they're fucking in this song. <laughs> I really can't remember, yeah. sorry. Probably Tenacious D. Uh, yeah, they were pretty. <laughs> they were pretty direct about that. <laughs> that sounded like much more pleasant sex than that, which is being described in this particular song. I don't know who likes this. Plus, I think like you're going song. too fast, dude. You're hurting her. Also, you're 13, so like any song you listen to. Yeah. As a boy, as a girl. As a girl. Well, after this one, I was like, oh, there's probably like a whole thing. Like, and then I started. Yeah, it turns out, boy, the discoveries we make about ourselves. Uh, so, where did where'd you grow up, Lindsay? Uh, I grew up in Sioux City, Iowa. It's my hometown. I'm going to stop this. This is so It's very distracting. <laughs> <laughs> Such a weird way to start an interview. It's just like, <laughs> so tell me about your parents. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Sioux City, and was that where you went to high school and everything? Yep, elementary, middle school, high school, Sioux City, Iowa. In fact, my parents still live in the house that they bought before I was born, so. Hey, it's right. like my hometown in the real sense of the word. Get it, give it up for uh, sticking with an investment, you guys. <laughs> it's probably worth one to two times as much by now. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I have you back for my real estate podcast. <laughs> starting next month. It's called Real Estate Town. <laughs> It's a comedy podcast about the ins and outs of purchasing land. Your parents purchasing land. Yes. Yeah. It's just where I air out all of my parents' business dealings for an audience of presumably someone. So what was that like? Uh, I mean, I was uh, I was from suburban Minnesota, so probably uh, very similar. Yeah, in terms Sioux of City coldness and whiteness. Very cold, very white. Uh, the diversity is not not much in Sioux City. It's a working class town, so uh, you know my folks. My dad um, worked at a pest control company from the time he was nineteen until today. He's still he he's now the owner of that pest What's control. What's the company. name of it? 
It's called Benson Pest Management. Okay. Your pest problem solvers. And <laughs> <laughs> jingle. That makes it sound like the worst 90s cartoon series. Oh, man. Your pest problem solvers. Benson coming from pest. outer space. <laughs> drive around in a van with a dead bug on top of it? No, he, they're a little more classy than that. All right. uh, he drives around in a truck that says Benson Pest Management on it. Makes they, sense. They get rid of your problems. In fact, he's like he's solved several of my pest problems in D.C. from there. That's a good thing to have like a dad who can help you with yeah, that Yeah, he'll shit, like send, you know? I mean, he'll send me like roach, roach bait and it's like killed all the roaches in my place. Yeah, that's practical stuff. Like, my dad's a statistician. I've never been like, hey, I'm having trouble with this spreadsheet. Uh, <laughs> Although I think that could be helpful. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying it's never happened to me. I'm not saying it couldn't happen. You need to do more spreadsheets. No, I'm just uh, very proficient in Microsoft Excel. Uh, if you don't believe that, look me up on LinkedIn. <laughs> David Twighty, mayor at Sadness Town, proficient in Microsoft Office Suite. And that's it. Uh, so yeah, you uh, you ready to jump into this? We're, we're yeah, we're let's jump in. Pretty let's early jump. here. Yeah, nothing else to talk. This is very different from that. Yeah, I don't. We get it. All right, Iowa. Jesus, corn elections. <laughs> so much more than that. Uh, <laughs> This is uh, Frankie Valley with a theme song from Greece. This is off the Greece motion picture soundtrack, which came out in 1978. It uh, peaked at another number one on Billboard, uh, sold 14 million copies. Allmusic.com gave this one four and a half stars, so it's no system of a down, but... <laughs> the reviewer had some critiques. He said, the fact that the originals hold up better than the 50s tunes is uh, largely due to Shana Na's workmanlike performance. <laughs> you know, Shana Na, they're <laughs> Workmanlike doo-wop outfit from the '60s. They performed at Woodstock. That's the only fact I know about them. So they were the they wrote this song originally. I don't they think they had much. No, this was uh, Frankie Valley, and it was written by John Travolta. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> right. Yeah, the cartoon version of John Travolta. <laughs> Wait, which one is that? Well, have you seen the title title sequence to Greece? Don't you know it by heart? Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's all it's a car, it's a whole cartoon. I've never you seen all this. Out of all the high school students, you haven't. Uh, I was you like, don't know me. I was like trying to decide whether or not to pretend that I had uh, just no, to move past it, but really, you're gonna say a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great movie, and the title sequence is excellent. You can watch the YouTube version of it and listen to the song at the same time. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, I like multi-platforming as much as the next guy. Uh, no, I. This is the one. Conventionality belongs to yesterday. This is 
like, they say like, that like four times yeah, in this song, it's, too. It's really good. They were really <laughs> proud of that line. I'm really proud of them for making that you line. You know what? Tomorrow is non-conventionality. <laughs> That's what Greece means. Yeah, uh, I really don't know what... Greece, like, it doesn't mean that. No, I don't think it does either. I still don't get that. They're trying to make it about bigger ideas in a very ham-fisted way. It's like a very Christopher Nolan movie of them, I think. Yeah, it is. So how old were you when you discovered the Grease soundtrack and everything changed for you? Well, I gotta say, I wasn't quite a teenager. Uh, I was about 11, 12 years old, and I would watch, I would watch this movie all the time, and listen to this song all the time, the entire soundtrack, but this really, this brings it all together for me. Right, I, well, it, it's the first and last track yeah, on the album, so they were clearly very excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be weird if told me to tell me more was on there uh, twice, and they did tell you more. The <laughs> song's actually called Summer Nights, but... <laughs> See, I know some things. Yeah, you do. You do. Uh, so, where did you get... Did you get this from your parents? I think so, yeah. I think my mom loved, loved Grease growing up, and she shared it with me. And it, it struck a chord. You know, because Sandy's like this... She's like this good girl. And, you know, I was like a really good girl. But then she like turned bad, <laughs> and I and I had that little like seed of rebellion in me, and yeah. then I was attracted to that, you know. Plus the guys were sexy. I mean, that is. I think the guys in that movie are like what children think of as like being a sexy guy. It's like all leather jackets and pompadours and stuff. When I'm that sexy motherfucker with the yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I don't know, children, I mean, I'm still, I still think they're kind of sexy. Like, if I look, if I watch the movie, like, they're uh, hot. I can only like speak from my own experience. And, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you thought they were sexy. I went through some too. weird phases. I never yeah. bothered to see the movie. I was just like, I'm going to admire them from a distance because I respect them more, you know? Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. They're singing. <laughs> I don't want to look at them while they're singing. Yeah. <laughs> I had a weird childhood. I think, I, mean, like I, I, I think Bloomington, Minnesota, and Sioux City, Iowa might have been more different than you originally gave me credit for. <laughs> Maybe so. Uh, but yeah, I mean, those are all still very catchy songs. Like, I'm still uh, quite familiar with Yeah, and the musical's still being put on. They're all good. I love it. <laughs> what, do you disagree? You don't think the musical is good? I disagree. It's not it's happening. Not. No done. one even knows what it is anymore. I'm telling you. This Grease thing is just a fad. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get over it in another 30 years. But you know they're going to remake Grease. But it's gonna have like a like a minority cast. It's kind of freak out. It's kind of weird that they haven't done that. I know. Yet. What, what's the deal? <laughs> Just a black John, John Travolta in there. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> It still has to be John Travolta. Like, they just recast it with black high school students with John Travolta. 
is still chargeable. Honestly, you make it like, like re- rethink it and do it like a nursing He's all post battlefield earth and shit. <laughs> attention to popular music at that point. Was this your first CD? Because it was mine. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. One person here was our first CD. Now, as has been covered on this show, my first CD was Bad Hair Day by Weird Al. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. 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 <laughs> and then all the dudes just made the same sound as the ladies made. <laughs> Probably crazy, sexy, cool by TLC. Yeah, I did. I did get that on tape, but I don't think I purchased it. I think my parents bought it for me. Which, like in retrospect, like not a good thing to get your kid. Really? Well, you know what? That might be the first song that I knew was about sex. Was that song "Red Light Special" on Crazy, Sexy, Cool? Does anyone know that song? Is that specifically about prostitution? I think so. It's like, come through my door, take off my clothes, and turn on the red light. I'll give you the red light special. And give all me the all night. your money. <laughs> we talked about money. That would be tough to make like an R&B lyric, like a heartfelt. R- give me all your money. No, actually, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> it's a fair deal. 
but yeah, this is a, this is a much angrier, uh, so like very uh, very kind of like preteen to fourteen year old identifiable rage, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I the problem is is that I still identify with that rage. Oh, so I don't know. What, I don't know. I'm that's sorry that I've given you, I've insulted, I've called you a child in backhanded ways <laughs> twice. <laughs> <laughs> as many songs so far. Maybe I need to grow up. Maybe this is my my epiphany. Maybe I need to grow the fuck up. Yeah. Uh, do you want to just skip the rest of the playlist and just talk about, like, yeah, let's talk I'm about like, you. Like, let's talk about what you could be doing better in your I life. Should I not be waking up at noon every day? <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's worked pretty well for me so far. No, but no, that, that song is, 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 resonates with me as a lady. You know, it really does. It really does. I still feel, feel like, like shit ain't fair. Yeah. Totally. So sometimes I just got to listen to that song and like thrash my head around and be pissed off. Listen, listen, Toots, I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> <laughs> this is my new character, the feminist from the Bronx. It's like, <laughs> hey, listen, Toots, uh, what? Why don't we pay you as much? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's like Bell Hooks said. There are a lot of working class women out there. You know, baby, there are a lot of working class women who don't necessarily have time to participate in marches and whatever. I don't know what I would do if I was facing like that. It's confusing, right? Yeah, yeah. just go listen to just a girl. And just it makes me feel like I really am just a girl. <laughs> All right, let's move on. <laughs> Sample lyrics in here. Yeah, yeah, we just go to any point in the song. 
Oh, wait, this is my favorite part right here. That's a part Monopoly and shits out connect foul and then the other guy goes what is a joke wait what <laughs> like even the guys in the insane clown posse are like really that's your verse like how many people are in that band like three I think just three of them yeah list in Michigan State. Like, it's... Are you kidding me? I, For what? Like, spring I, soda people? I don't know, but I do know that I've never seen anyone get as mad as when my friend yelled, uh, ICP sucks at, like, one of the Juggalo kids. <laughs> Not the crutches one, like, one who, <laughs> who was able to chase him. To create such a shitty band <laughs> and to get this like following of people, I really, I, I really don't get it. Like, I understand liking them as like a preteen when you're like sure. experimenting with their I, rebellion. Well, it's basically like a like a novelty band. It's like right. a, it's like a mix between uh, like Weird Al and Elrod Hubbard or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, like people follow it, and there's like a whole like. Right. 
like gospel of the hatchet man or whatever right. and it's like and thus spake the lord of the clowns saying thou shalt dip thine balls in someone's soup or whatever i just love to like the fago thing do you guys know about the fago thing Ooh. so they they love this brand off brand of soda called Fago, which in and of itself is just an awful name. And then, like, at their at like, the shows, they, like, <laughs> s- shake it up and, like, spray it on everybody. <laughs> I think the crazy thing is, like, like they, it's a small, it was a small enough brand when they became a band that I think that they have, like, elevated the oh, yeah. status of that beverage significantly. Oh, for but sure. It's I like, like their I convenient wine. It definitely. <laughs> that and cough medicine, I think. <laughs> That's the unofficial Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's crazy that such a big subculture is like, and not really that big, all things considered, no. but big enough that they have like, they do have like the gathering of the juggalos, but I think there are like a lot of unofficial ones too, where I they're like, so too. like, I think there's a whole genre of like insane clown posse cover bands and stuff like that who only play these gigs. <laughs> I'm sure there are. They're small, but they are mighty. Yeah. My friend, my friend worked at this uh, CD shop in Omaha, Nebraska, where there's uh, in the suburbs of Omaha, there's like a lot of jugglers. And um, she she decided to run a special uh, when their one of their records came out, and she's like, anyone who comes and buys, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> anyone who buys this record on this day gets a free. Cup of Fago. <laughs> a, <laughs> cup? a cup? Like, like a solo like cup? She poured it from a two liter. Like the saddest pizza party. Yes. <laughs> yes, but she said the Juggalos were so excited about it. They just like so having this... their own events. <laughs> yeah, they do. I, I think they felt cool. Yeah, it's change. like whatever makes you feel accepted, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it, like, I, uh, I was in Denver, Colorado, and I guess there are a lot of juggalos in Colorado, too, and, like, they, we were, my friend and I were, like, we went to the liquor store in Littleton, where he lives in the suburbs, and there was a, there was a carload of kids in ICP face paint, but the car was a Lexus, and it's like, uh, I, I know that none of you bought this shit. Like, like oh, you're so rebellious. How can you even be angry at that point? Yeah, it's just like, this is a weird statement on class in America. Or... <laughs> Were there just a lot of them in the car, though? Because that might be like there a were thing. Th- oh, they all pulled their resources. They sold off all of their spare Oxycontin and like, <laughs> pulled it to buy the, uh, a luxury car. Yeah. And then all the clowns my and they, they put thing. a big giant bow on top of it and sprayed Fago on it. <laughs> Oh man, I'm so glad you picked that song. Well, it was it was influential in my life. Uh, all right, let's go to this next no, no, one. No. Yes. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. Same kind of face. This song is still great. Yeah, it is. It is. This is Automa by Tool. <laughs> what? Nothing. 
Okay. Uh, this is my Tool. This is the title track off of their 1996 album by the same name. Uh, this was their second album, and another... Oh, this one was actually a number two on the Billboard 200. Uh, AllMusic.com gave this four and a half stars, saying, Make no mistake, this isn't your father's rock record. <laughs> but it was! <laughs> like, who the hell reviewed that? <laughs> Like a newspaper man from the 1920s <laughs> who lost his job at like the St. Louis Times Herald or whatever, and now he's writing for AMG. But make no mistake, this ain't your father's rock record. Is this a yes or Genesis or some bullshit? <laughs> um. Yeah, great, they like they're, they're really good. I uh, I was never huge into them. I really just like this song in Stink Fist off the same album, which is a song about anal fisting. Ah. A very serious sounding one. Though. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's like a, it's like a band like that. Like once you get to that level of like technical music ability, you can't take yourself totally seriously right. anymore. And I don't think they do. Like, I think, what's the guy's name? Maynard? Maynard, Maynard King. He's like a, he's like a winesman now. He, like, has a vineyard. He served he, like... me wine earlier this year. What? Yes. <laughs> How do you just now remember him? <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> it was so, so insignificant. I was pouring wine at this wine thing for my friend who works for uh, the wine lobby. And he was also pouring wine at a nearby table, and I was like, oh, I was like, that's Maynard Keenan from you Tool. I'm going to go get him to pour me some wine. Did you say the wine lobby? <laughs> yeah. You have a wine, wine lobbyist as a friend? You know all that wine we've been drinking <laughs> at Laura's house? Oh, yeah. That's from uh, her. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a lobby I can get behind. I think they're behind that lobby, too. They need, they need representation. Yeah. Like the liquor it? lobby, they, they got all the money. One lobby. Probably, that sounds right. She used to work at the uh, liquor lobby, then she moved to the wine lobby. But yeah, Maynard was pouring his wine based out of um, Arizona or Arizona, and it just it was bad. His Arizona wine. But it had this like tool, tool like artwork on the front of the wine. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So we really tried to get him to come hang out with us in Columbia Heights, but his like <laughs> handler or whatever was not having that. We took him like to Eastern Market or something. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Like he's like he's like no, nah, I really want to see the Washington Monument instead or something like that. I don't know. I think the I think the guy knew that we were cooler and didn't want Maynard to come with us. Well, if he's that big of a Tool fan, then probably. Yeah, he probably didn't even know who Tool was. It's a sad thing. But yeah, really? so that yeah. Yeah, he's just like I want this. Uh, he just knew he was famous. Yeah. But also Maynard was like on Mr. Show. I think he's a big right. fan of. Uh, yeah, he played. Uh, he played uh, Marilyn Monster. I think was the name of the character. Did like, he? I thought David Cross. Oh no, no, Monster. wait. He appeared in that sketch anyway. I don't think. Oh, he did. Okay. But yeah, uh, yeah, he was like really in with like the '90s LA alternative comedy scene. Yeah, I think that's cool. He just sold his house this year. 
and you owe it to yourself to look up the pictures because it is absurd. It, it's like a, it's like a weird Italian king's house. But yeah, they're they're big. Like this song, the refrain in this song is uh, is "Learn to Swim." I'll see you down in Arizona Bay, which is based on a bit by Bill Hicks. Who, if you're not familiar, just picture me, but uh, not funny. Uh, <laughs> I just like I just like saying that. I'm like Gandhi if he wasn't a bitch. But this song, I mean, I I, I wasn't. This is another um, song band that I did not discover on my own. This was like a dude that my friend had a crush on who loved Tool. So we decided we were going to love Tool too. Yeah. That was my technique back in the day. I was like, oh, that boy that I think is cute does that? I'm going to do that too. Sure. Not a good technique for trying to get boyfriends. Like, I don't think boys <laughs> want to hang out with or like be with girls that like are like boys. They, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I love Tool too. Like, <laughs> oh, you love tits? I love tits. Let's talk about, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about tits. <laughs> <laughs> were you were you like a good skate? Were you able to skate, or did you just have? Oh, this? I was definitely able to skateboard. Uh-huh. Like I used it as transport. Oh, cool. But I um, like I had some stuff that, thinking back on it, was like not safe. Like there were these huge hills in my hometown, and I would just zoom down them on my skateboard, uh, going to the skate shop. It was dangerous. <laughs> it was really dangerous. Especially, no when, especially depending on what you're on the way to the skate shop for. It's like, hey, what's the problem? It's like, oh, this wheel's about to fall no, off. No, I just wanted to skate shop. It was cool. It was cool to go to the skate shop. And there was a skate shop, the skate shop that the hill was on the way to. They like, it was owned by this like weird mother of this like skater dude and we would go there, and like they were, they were open half the time, so, and that started to piss us off. Half we would, the time? Yeah, like like they didn't have consistent hours. Okay. And and that really bothered us because that's twelve year olds. We wanted to go there every day. Yeah. And when we couldn't go there and walk around their shop and like look at the World Industries T-shirts, we were upset. Oh yeah. I and um, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. That was like a whole thing when I was in high school. Was like I didn't skateboard, but I snowboarded. So mm-hmm. I was. Like, which of the companies also makes snowboarding equipment so I'm not a poser when I wear right, this Element right. t-shirt? Yeah, yeah that's how it is. You gotta represent. Yeah. So one time, one time the, we went there and they were closed again. We, we, we just had enough, me and my, my girlfriend. Not girlfriend, girlfriend, my friend. It was a girl. Um, and we were so pissed that we, um, we rigged up like a booby trap for <laughs> What? Sorry, it's so funny to me. What? Thinking about it. <laughs> we rigged up a booby trap so that when she opened the door, a bunch of leaves fell on her head. Thinking back, we wrote a sign on the door that said "Never open." 
Yeah, take that, the one store in town that caters to my interests. You fucking dicks. Stop her driving to, to the shop to go open it as we were leaving, and she like offered us a ride back and all of that, and we were like, no, we're okay. We weren't even going. We weren't even going there. We were just hanging out. Um, you assholes. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, yeah, exactly. Like, like you're like, oh, hey, they're never open. That's probably just to fuck with me. That seems like something a juggalo would do. <laughs> what does what is a juggalo goes to the state shop, puts leaves on the door. Puts a sign on it that says never open. <laughs> Cause he don't give a fuck. <laughs> This ain't your father's Christmas song. <laughs> oh wait, no, it totally is. Christmas this is, song in here. This is the Christmas song by In Sync. <laughs> kind of random, right? That I would listen to Jewel and also In Sync, but I'm, I'm dynamic. This is off their 1998 Christmas album, Home for Christmas, which, by the way, is also the name of like at least a half dozen other Christmas albums. <laughs> Thing. All right, fine. They knew it would work. Jesus. They used test markets to figure out that one. Uh, this was the this is the all-time 15th best-selling Christmas album in the United States. Allmusic.com gave it two and a half stars, saying the group cannot uh, the group simply can't rival such peers as the Spice Girls in terms of charisma. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes sense because all the Spice Girls are still doing so well. Uh, yeah, this uh, song fills me with loathing and revulsion. This song or this version of this song? I mean, don't tell me this song. Does. Like, Christmas music is just uh, like it's by definition overplayed because there are like nine songs and like a billion there different so versions many more of them. Than nine. Yeah, but like fuck 15, all those other ones. <laughs> but fuck all the stupid duets. Fuck all of the This song is so good. It's such a solid tune. <laughs> I mean, this version, yeah, it sucks. It's insane. But this song is good. It really is literally. I'm going to be singing this song at Wonderland on December 17th. So don't fucking say another fucking word about this. It sounds like something a child would do. I probably did sing this song as a child. No, like, this song is fine, but, like, this literally sounds like they're just doing it over a recording track in one of those booths at the mall. They are. Yeah. This came came out less than... So I did some research. This came out less than six months after their debut album. 
So it was clearly just like their agent or whatever was like, we gotta get these guys back in the state. Oh, absolutely. Like, we gotta grab all the money before another band exactly like this shows up in three months. <laughs> they were competing with the Backstreet Boys, David. Don't you remember? The Backstreet degrees? Boys came first, alright? The Backstreet Boys were fucking originals. Not like these fucking clowns. Why are you fronting? NKOTB. Oh. That's what came first. Well, the Backstreet Boys were the first to do it good. <laughs> I just thought it would be funny to act like I cared. Uh, <laughs> For everyone listening at home, David just stood up. Declaring the Backstreet Boys. Just one, one of these days I'm going to do that in here and whack my head on a pipe. We are literally in the basement, if you're listening at home. If you are. Uh, if you're not, we're so, in outer space. You, <laughs> yeah, if you're, if you're here, we're on the fucking moon right now. <laughs> and uh, we have an arranged transportation home for you, so good luck. Welcome uh, to Sadness Town. <laughs> on the moon. <laughs> so, uh, w- do you associate this with a specific Christmas, or did? Yeah, probably the. I'm. I'm guessing. I don't remember '98. I think I was a um, eighth grader. So the Christmas when I was an eighth grader, <laughs> that one. Okay. Um, yeah, I would. This just brings back a very specific memory for me, which is like sitting in my dining room on the Gateway 2000. Playing solitaire, <laughs> listening to the Christmas song by NSYNC on repeat. Yeah. Repeat, like I would just play like hours and hours. I can't imagine. That's what it felt like to me. It was probably like fifteen minutes, <laughs> but my parents hated it because I would just sing so loud along with NSYNC playing solitary. <laughs> Solitaire. <laughs> Playing solitaire and singing Christmas songs? That sounds like a scene from a prison block. Not like a not like a single family dwelling in Sioux City, Iowa. Like, that's what I like that's to do. such a bummer. No, it was so I'm a singer, so that for me was okay, like, yeah. you know, I was I was singing. That was me practicing singing. Um, no, this was like just during the day. Yeah, it's you know like when you're eighth grade in eighth grade and you just have like tons of time to do nothing. Yeah, that's what I did. Was just mine. to just hate yourself mostly. No, I, I, I played solitaire and sang. I was I was pretty good. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna break down the the before this is over. I'm gonna break down the membrane thin veneer of midwestern. Uh, <laughs> Upbeatness that you have. I'm gonna do it. Not gonna go away. That's what Damn Sadness it. Town is all about. I'm gonna bring you down to Please our don't. level. You're a, you're an angel, and I'm gonna make you human like the rest of us.
I will, I will I say this. I started to change at this time in my life. More than any guest I've more than any guest I've had on so far, I think your this playlist is more of its time than anyone. Else. Like the, you have captured every part of the late nineties experience. <laughs> well, thanks. Like there was the Insane Holiday album. There was no doubt. There was well, Greece. I don't know, but. <laughs> Tool, and then this is Edwin McCain with All Be off of his 1997 album. Oh, this title kills me Misguided Roses. Fuck you! Fuck you, Edwin McCain. Misguided Roses. Game plan from day one. He's like, I'm gonna get on a WB drama and then smooth sailing from there. I feel like he probably just got that idea like while driving his car and like looking at somebody's garden and saying that the roses were like. <laughs> they just planted them in shitty places. Yeah. Like Those are misguided. I, I mean, I. Those people in their roses. <laughs> Just, yeah, this song is just another one where I just think of people hugging on a dock. It peaked yeah. at number one. That's the most romantic place to hug. This peaked at number five on the Billboard Hot 100. It got the album got three, which is called Misguided Roses, got three stars from AllMusic.com, who said doesn't differ greatly from the debut. <laughs> so which a lot of people were like, great, I love that album. <laughs> yeah, probably a lot of people. Yeah, that's... And they probably all sounded just like that, too. <laughs> they definitely did. You went into Kathy for a second there. Not quite. <laughs> Not all the way. Uh, but it, so, I... <laughs> How did you experience this beauty for the first time? I don't remember. I, I'm sure I just heard this one on the radio. You know? Yeah. But this, I don't know, I, lo I really loved this song, so I learned it. And um, I, I sang it at the 8th grade talent show. This song. Um, did you have any musical? Oh, God. What? Okay. That's the exact backing track to this. And I wore black pants. <laughs> I don't know. It's that really is such weird. a weird choice for this song. I think this one calls for a flannel. I don't know what this song calls for. This song calls for like a white button-up and a black skirt. Like a Mormon missionary. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful emotionality. It's funny that he said, I'll be better when I'm older, and then no one heard from Edwin McCain again. <laughs> maybe he is better. Yeah, jinxed maybe yourself. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe that's the problem. Maybe he got too good. Yeah. <laughs> 
They're like, we can't set people hugging on a dock to this. I disagree. You can set people hugging on a dock to anything. If you really wanted to, like, you could just... You could just be like... It's like people hugging on a dock, you know? Oh, God. We were in such a good space, David. I'll go back to it. In my memory. No, not to have Kevin McGann No, it's no. happening. You asked. All right, we'll go back to NSYNC. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. That would make me so mad. So, how was your performance received? So well. Yeah. Like my friend. Do you do it. You have a my good... friend keeps talking about it, or not keeps talking about it, but he brings it up to me a lot. He really likes that performance of this song. How old were you? Thirteen. So, it was how many years ago? <laughs> It really stuck with me the way that you sang that song from 20 years ago, 15 years ago. <laughs> That's so weird. It's a very nice thing to say. But I mean, I think you have other accomplishments since then. Like you have like recorded a, quite a bit of your own music. Yeah, that's true. And he's like, but that Edwin McCain shit. <laughs> you know, that's how I should feel about it, shouldn't I? Yeah. Like, hey, maybe catch up on what I'm doing now instead of this shit. <laughs> no, I'm sure he's a great guy. I like to think that it was a brilliant performance, one worthy of. I believe you, but it was still of I'm this song. <laughs> we're, okay, which books? You know, you know, Worthy the books. of the books. The books where they write the best things that ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> List a couple others for me, please. <laughs> books? Alright, that was pretty big. The printing press? Yeah, that was huge. <laughs> Gutenberg nailing it. <laughs> And then the, you singing this song. Pretty much. That's the list. <laughs> That's the list. That's all the books. <laughs> that was a weird cul-de-sac we just found ourselves in. I didn't like it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sad now. If, if you're... Oh, yes! Oh, yes! Slim Shady LP. Uh, this song peaked at number 36 on the Billboard Hot 100 and was also number 26 on VH1's 100 Greatest Songs of the 90s. Uh, this album received five stars from AllMusic.com, and it's hard to argue with that. Uh, they said he has an expansive vocabulary and a vivid imagination. <laughs> Which is like if a five-year-old recorded an album and you were their music teacher and you wanted to give them a five-star review, like what you would say about it. Like, I really think he should be in the talent <laughs> He has an expansive vocabulary and a, a vivid imagination. But this is where the butt would be coming at a parent-teacher conference. 
one thing that I've always uh, liked about hip hop music is that you can have a hit single with a song just saying who you are. Like, you can't so do that in other, other kinds of music. Like, Radiohead never had a song where that, <laughs> we're from Oxford and shit. Like, you can't. No, you can't. But if you're a rapper, you could just be like, here's my background. Uh, I'm very excited about it. <laughs> but it's more than that. Yeah. Well, he's, he's angry. He's angry. He's going to stick nine-inch nails in people. Oh, so when I was uh, when I was looking this, I looked up the music video, because it's really good. Like, uh, Eminem... Like Eminem music videos were like anticipated at one point because yeah, he would were. always do something with it. He would. Uh, like this one has like so many different jokes in it. Like there's so many different premises in this one thing that are great. But I I found the edited version on like Vivo or whatever on YouTube. Yeah. And at the beginning, instead of saying you kids like violence, he says you kids like Primus. That's right. That was, that was the video version. Which is so weird. Like, like way to take down that progressive rock band that has no audience overlap with you whatsoever. <laughs> But I mean, I guess it works as nine-inch nails, yeah. Um, but Eminem got violent, like in this in this album. This album right? was very yeah. It's I a, feel like he talked about wrapping his wife up in like plastic. And yeah, yeah. He has one song Trumps that is just a, a very realistic summation of how he was wanted to murder his ex-wife or right. whatever. And uh, that came up in a court case recently, actually, because like. It? There was, like, some dude who, like, he posted, like, his wife gave him, like, filed a restraining order against him, and it is, like, he posted something on Facebook that was, like, does murder count as a violation, or something like that, it was like, and they're, like, try, and so they're, the, it's at the Supreme Court now, where they're, like, is, uh, yeah. does a Facebook post count as, like, a reasonable threat? And his lawyer is like, no, it's just like what Eminem was doing. This guy is an aspiring rapper. It's his story. Because now we're all performing. It's just poetry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Facebook isn't it's Facebook is basically admitting that people are like putting on airs and putting on shows and presenting something other than what they're not to the rest of the world. Oh, are we gonna argue this Supreme Court case right no, now? No, no, okay. no, 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 I'm just saying. I think it's interesting. Uh, That's all I'm saying. No, yeah. It, I mean, it is like it is kind of a weird gray area. I think you should probably know better than to do that if you are like. Well, right, of course. <laughs> I think he should get, like, at least a little jail time just for not for knowing better that? than to do right. that. Yeah, yeah, like, kind of a... Like, this is just for being a fucking dummy. Like, what do you... <laughs> oh, I didn't mean it. Really? You didn't mean it? You're a grown-ass man. Figure some shit out. Yeah, like, this I is agree. Just jail would be think. good. Yeah, sit down. <laughs> what? Make some license plates. Yeah, yeah, just a Play little bit. Uh, listen to NSYNC. Break some rocks on the side of the road. I don't know what they, do. they do. I don't think they do that. Yeah, I don't think I've seen any representation of prison that's that's not set in the 1930s. Actually, (laughs) I just said oranges of new black. Watch it; it's great. All right, we we usually (laughs) say plugs for the end of the show. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not in that. I'm not in that one. 
so okay. So what does this what does this song mean to you personally? Because I mean, it was a huge song and it was everywhere for a while. But I don't know. It just it just reminds me of a time in my life, really, where I would go to Target. Buy CDs. <laughs> with explicit lyrics. They were always open when she wanted them to be. They were. I knew exactly when they'd open and exactly when they closed. And I'd sit in that like little food court and hang out at Target. Oh man, like the Target food court? Yeah, the, where they sell like pretzels. Yeah, and it's like if they have like a Pizza Hut and then like a Starbucks now. But yeah, I don't like to, it as much anymore. It I liked to, it back then. You liked it when, when it was underground? Yeah, I liked it. Was, uh, <laughs> the cool place to hang out, get hot dogs or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, that's so weird that that's a thing. Yeah, going to the mall or going to Target. Yeah, like, hanging out and eat, eating hot dogs. Like, because we used to just go to the Mall of America and walk around like that, yeah. and it was like, what are we, what are we doing? It was the city, was the like, city center back then. Yeah, and it was like Things maybe maybe we'll run into someone we know. Yeah, I don't know. yeah, yeah. Maybe fun. we'll just spend half an hour at Hot Topic and then leave. I don't know. Well, you'd, you'd like absorb culture, sadly, so sadly, culture at the mall. Like that's where you learned about other things. Yeah. Because in the Midwest, it's freezing, so you have to hang out at indoor places. Absolutely, yeah, you gotta... You know? And the cost of that is being around commercialism. Go to the Retail. Target, have a pretzel, go buy check a, out... Buy, a, buy an M&M CD, and you're yeah, bad. See what, and you like Primus. See what uh, movies are $6. <laughs> Kids, you like Primus? What a weird opening line to any song. <laughs> Let alone one. But he was a teacher in the music video. Yeah, right. He was a teacher. Which was is in that old like uh, CRT TV. Yeah, he went through a lot of characters. Oh, there. such a good music. And there was video. a fat couple yelling at each other. That's right. That's right. He had blonde hair. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, the like I I remember buying CDs at Sam Goody and ain't none of them I'm proud of and I spent like twice as much as you should have ever spent on a CD. I feel like it was always like thirteen ninety nine. It it was like eighteen ninety nine. It was like, really it was crazy. Yeah. <sighs> I just steal it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Well, Sam Goody no longer exists. For a reason. Yeah, because people are like, why? If we have Napster now, or like right. LimeWire, or whatever we were to at that point. We're like, why do I need to go to a place that I hate? We just got one more left in here. Oh, that's it? And it's a fucking goodie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is Lauren Hill with doo-wop and then in parentheses, that thing. <laughs> I, I, I feel like that was an argument between me and What? That song title. 
Like yeah. I feel like I feel like the parentheses song titles are arguments between the, well, two no. people in the band. No, that's I I don't think it's even people in the band. I think it's like I think it's like they got a record producer who's like, no, no one's gonna know how to find this fucking song, oh, you that's idiot. True. Like that's you should true. put the thing that you so say over story. and over again. I don't know how to explain, like, for example, I would do anything for love, parentheses, but I won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Like, if you type the first four words, like, it doesn't matter how shitty your search engine optimization is. They're gonna find it. Definitely. They're just like, yeah, but that's not really the point of the song. We have to give away the joke before we even do it. I don't know if it is a joke. What's that song about, do you think? <laughs> Discuss amongst yourselves. It is a joke. That's a funny idea. It is, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. This, this song's about... That thing. It is about that thing. Again. We started off with a song about sex. We ended with a song about sex. This is Lauren Hill. You guys Hale's should all kiss. Only. <laughs> At the end of the show, everybody kisses. No exceptions. Because this show's about sex. <laughs> Uh, no, it's uh, so this song was Lauren Hill's only number one on the Billboard Hot 100. It's off the album The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, which came out in 1998. Five stars from AllMusic.com, who called it intelligent and hardcore. <laughs> hardcore. Yeah, this is. harmony in this song is so hardcore. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, like, there's some great, like, <laughs> stop shooting seamen and go B-men, I think is yeah. what I'm <laughs> Stop, no, stop, stop shooting the seamen, start acting like, stop acting like boys and B-men. Yeah, yeah. She knows what's love up, man. Love that, too. It's like, man. It's all about love, you stop, know? Stop thinking with your dick, start thinking with your mind. <laughs> <laughs> She's hardcore. She is intelligent as well, which is the main, that's what I always appreciated about her, was that intelligent fused with hardcore. <laughs> that could totally be like a new indie movement, like this is intelligent core. Intelligent Intelicore. <laughs> it sounds like you're just designing computer parts. <laughs> Uh, but this song is the fucking shit, and I have listened to it like 80 times in the past week. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. It's catchy. She sings like an angel. It's about, you know, being good. <laughs> being good, yeah. intelligent, and hardcore, and good. Being a good person. But I think she's kind of an angry person. I do. Well, she has had a checkered past. <laughs> yeah. That's all I got to say. I know, got indicted. I know she got indicted for tax fraud like a couple of years ago or something like that. But, uh, like, I don't give a fuck because she wrote that song. Someone, I mean... 
Lauren, find someone to do your taxes. <laughs> if, I, if I could go back to, this is kind of a tangent from uh, from real estate town. This is, this is finance town with David Dwight. Uh, but Lauren, you know, just get a professional there. People at H&R Block who are really interested in like, going to bat for you and making sure that uh, everything is done correctly and above board and that you get all the deductions that are accorded to you by law. Because stay out of jail, because we fucking need you, girl. We need you. She probably just had a bad accountant. <laughs> Lauren, listen, Lauren... I, I want to give If Lauren you need the an accountant, I can recommend some people. I've uh, been on Angie's list, and I. <laughs> you, the accountant recommender, has been on Angie's hey, list. Hey, I am the host of Finance Town with David Twighty. <laughs> you know what? Just He's let me do it. List. <laughs> I'm a semi renowned podcast host. I could do your taxes, Lauren Hill. <laughs> Yep, I don't a lot think of skepticism in this <laughs> I just feel like Lauren Hill just didn't like feel like doing her taxes, and that's why. She Which I totally from. understand. Like, yeah. fuck the man, she just you know. Hang out, you know. She just wrote that song. It was a lot of work. You know, I just feel like Obama's America is only about that thing. <laughs> <laughs> that thing being taxes. Stop acting like boys and demons. Yeah. Stop, stop hiring How shitty accounts. Right uh, How you gonna win right with him? <laughs> and then she, then she commits tax fraud. <laughs> and then she went on tour earlier this year, probably to pay for back taxes. Right. And apparently she was awful. Oh, fuck, no! <laughs> song where it's like a class talking about love. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's throughout the whole album. Yeah. There's a teacher talking to children like, you don't know what love is. And the kids are like, they ha- and they, they have very good answers. Yeah. 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 It's really cute. Loving somebody is just accepting them for who they are, you know? Yeah. You know they were just reading off of a piece of paper. I don't know. They did a very good job. They did. Good readers, those kids. They're actors. They're child actors. <laughs> <laughs> it's the history of missing. You weren't supposed to bum me out on this show. I'm sorry. I just want you to come with me. Down Sadness Street. <laughs> to the Sadness Pond. It's actually uh, the main one in Sadness Town is Division Street. Like, I don't know. <laughs> got a whole map drawn in my mind. <laughs> I'd like to see that map. Will you please make it? Uh, yeah, you just internet? enter my mind, like in that movie, The Cell. You can draw a map. I'm not, I don't need to enter your mind, but you can like, draw it on a piece of paper that I can look at. Could you guys give it up for my guest, Lindsay Deming? <laughs>
so you got you got church night next week. Where can people find you? Where can people see you? Are you gonna put this out before December nineteenth? This is coming out um, Monday, two days from now. Okay, so um, the next church night is December nineteenth at Black Cat. It's our holiday spectacular. And then you can see us on January 9th at uh, Black Cat. That's my stage. birthday. Is it really? Yeah. Oh. Happy birthday. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> my birthday is on July 1st. Church Night is online. Do you have a website? Or yeah, so churchnight.org. Uh, <laughs> that's the website. I also have a website, lindsaydeming.com. I have some music on there, some videos. You know, just go be there so my little uh, ticker on my um, web tracker goes yeah. up. One. <laughs> All right, one more time for Lindsay Deming, everybody. <laughs> davidtwenty.com email me at davidsadnesstown at gmail.com I love you all and remember nothing is going to be okay <laughs> 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 <laughs>